This is Wrecked to Reformed. Back to Rector Reform Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Adkins, and today we are thinking on eternity. I've titled this Thoughts on Eternity. I wanted to talk about eternity, otherwise known as the eternal state. This, I believe, is far too often neglected in our thoughts. When we think about eternity and who we will spend eternity with, eternal life and the hope that we have in Jesus. We then have the ability to suffer through this life because this is not all there is. As Peter says in 1 Peter 1, verse 3-9, through Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. This is the hope that we have, a home in heaven. This is what I want us to think on today. What will eternity look like? And also, kind of a side note, when we think about the hope that we truly have in Jesus, it helps us to understand the gravity of faith. The gravity of faith being the fact that we could go and die a suffering death, similar to what Jesus did on the cross, and know without a shadow of a doubt that we have this hope that when we close our eyes in death, through suffering, through agony, whatever it may be, that we have such an assurance of salvation, such an assurance of hope, that we close our, our eyes with joy. And this joy does not come from some superficial humanistic faith but from a true saving faith that gives us that foundation on Christ. So as we look on eternity, we have to recognize, uh, to be honest, the Bible doesn't say much about eternity, about the eternal state. So we must grab what the Bible does say to try to extrapolate some hints about it, not some charismatic idea, right? We must look at Scripture, starting with the creation account. God created the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, it says, 
And Yahweh, God, planted a garden in Eden, toward the east. And there he placed the man whom he had formed. So this, this garden that God had planted, it must have been a paradise. Um, so we look at Scripture. God created the heavens and the earth, and he planted this garden, and he placed Adam in it. And, and I wanted to look at, at, at this. The, the, the garden must have been such a paradise, and there was, there was no sin, so there was no death. And Adam was in a state of fellowship with God, having at this moment no sin, therefore no separation from God until the fall. Sometimes this is hard to imagine, but one day it will be even better than it was before the fall. For this, let's look at Revelation 21. And this is going to be verses, uh, verses 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and the unbelieving, and abominable, and murderers, and immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay, so, a few things to take away from what was just said. The new earth isn't talking about destroying the old and then remaking a new. That's kind of a dispensational understanding, right? Pre-meal dispensationalist uh, understanding. Um, I don't hold that view, so it's, and I don't believe it's talking about that, but it's talking about a renewing or glorifying of the old, like our bodies in the resurrection. This, of course, is a post-mill view. Then there will no longer be any sea talking about judgment. You remember all the, all the times where God judged the world with the flood? He judged the Egyptians with the water and drowned them all. Uh, water is is a lot of times uh, symbolic for judgment, and uh, there will never be judgment ever again. Praise God. And there is far too much to get into in this episode discussing New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God uh, as a bride adorned for her husband. Maybe another episode at some point what is awesome to me is to think on the fact that God will physically dwell with us. 
We will forever be his people. And that is the heart of this episode, the eternal state with God and him with us. God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will no longer be no more death, no mourning or crying or pain. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Not only the, the treasure that we have in Christ, the immeasurable gift that we have been given by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone, that is eternal life, but we will live this life for all of eternity with no sickness, sorrow, tears, death, pain, nothing. No, none of the, 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 the bad stuff. No more getting stabbed by thorns and, and no more sorrow, no more tears. I mean, you will never say goodbye to anyone ever again. It's, it's just, I'll see you later, or, or who knows, you know. But this, this is the, the gift. This is the immeasurable gift that we have in Christ. And it is awesome. Uh, but then we see a promise from God. For those who overcome, sometimes people get confused at this point and think it has to do with works or obedience as far as the one who overcomes. The good news is that is not how one is justified, saved. As John says in 1 John 5, 5, Who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So again, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. But I also want to point something else out. And that is verse 8. But for the cowardly. Have you thought about that? The cowardly is synonymous with the unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters. And, and where do they go? And all liars. Well, it says their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the immoral persons, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars will be in hell. That is a promise from God, just like the one who, who is the believer who overcomes. So in this eternal state, for the Christian, fear will be gone. Nothing will take us from the place of our eternal paradise with God. No more sin, no more ungodly thoughts, words, or deeds will ever happen again. This hope should settle us in contentment. Because this life is short. We grow old. We suffer. We lose loved ones. And our loved ones suffer the loss of us one day when we ourselves die. This is the truth. As someone once said, we are made in a moment of time, yet we are made for eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their hearts, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. There's a depth 
to thinking biblically on eternity. But I still have thoughts that are not found in Scripture that I like to think about. Like, will we travel the universe? (laughs) I really want to travel the universe. I want to see distant stars and galaxies and places in, in the universe. Yes, that means no, I do not believe that the earth is flat. I find that laughable. But I think about these things. What will we work on? Because there will be work. I'm just not sure what that work will be. Building things? Studying things? Searching out all of creation? Meditating on the gospel and our Lord Jesus? Thinking on those who perished in hell, possibly? I don't know if you've thought about this or not, but in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 24, it says, Then they will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me, for their worm will not die and their fire will not be quenched, and they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. This is the last verse in the book of Isaiah, and it's frightening, because not all who claim Christ have him. But those who have been justified by what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, having trust and faith in him and him alone, those who are born again or born from above in the Greek. And in the, the, the verse, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that all the believing ones should not perish but have eternal life. That's the Greek rendering of the verse. So, Those who have true saving faith in Jesus have this eternal hope, this hope that will never fade away, this this treasure in heaven, this inheritance that doesn't fade away, it doesn't go away, it is there forever. You know, just like in 1 Peter, like we looked at at the first of this episode, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And we should greatly rejoice at this resurrection hope that we have in Jesus. This hope that we have in Christ of eternal life and all of eternity. We will live in peace and safety. No more sorrow, sickness, death. None of that. And, and so I, I think about eternity, and I think about what are the, some of the things that we'll do? You know, will we need a car? Will we need a spaceship? I honestly don't know. I, I don't think that we will, because we'll have glorified bodies. And the Bible says that we'll have a body like unto his. And Jesus went through walls, you know, he went into the, the locked room where the apostles were uh, without opening the door, and the door being shut and locked. Now, one thing to take into consideration is that he's God, and we're not. But it does say that we're going to have a body likened unto his. So, who knows? God knows, and we have an eternal hope. So, if we have Christ, then then we can meditate and, and think on these things. As long as we're not making a doctrine of eternity a part from Scripture. We have to find these things in Scripture and then kind of, uh, as far as the Bible goes, 
we can't say anything for certain as far as what the Bible doesn't say on eternity. We just know that there will be work because work was before the fall. And so work is kind of a, a, a godly thing. So who knows what we'll build, what we'll study, what we'll learn for all of eternity. It kind of excites me because it's like when you focus on something and you learn something in this temporal life, it, it's exciting to, to grow in your knowledge. It's, it's exciting to put effort into something and to build something and to design something, to write something, to, to play music. But all of eternity is, is so exciting because there's not going to be a limit on our life or even possibly on the day itself. Who knows? The Lord knows. And I, I just wanted to think on these things, and I hope it's a blessing to you. And I pray it's a blessing to you, and I hope this is useful to you in some way. Until next time, God bless.